can't get fooled again. Hey, welcome back in to Talking Catholic with David O'Gray. When you guys sent this video um, to me of a sister, Simone Campbell, from the heretical sisters in pantsuits on a bus, which is just another Democratic political action committee. Let's be honest about things. Anyway, in this video, Simone is talking about why Catholics cannot vote for Donald Trump for president. It is not a long video, so I'm going to watch it together with you without interruption. And then after it's over, I'll come back in and give you my critique and explain the errors in Simone's logic. And let me know what you think about this video in the comments below. I'm Sister Simone Campbell. I'm the executive director of Network Lobby for Catholic Social Justice and leader of Nuns on the Bus. In our almost 50-year history, Network has never told its members who to vote for or against. We have always encouraged our members to get involved in politics. We've spoken about the issues and compared candidates and equipped our members with resources to choose elected officials who support the common good. And we will continue to do that. But this year's election is different. Catholics cannot be true to their faith and vote for Donald Trump in November. Pope Francis has been cleared about the sacred issues that Catholics and all people of goodwill are called to prioritize. These include protecting people in poverty, the elderly, migrants, and rejecting racism. But President Trump does not share these values. As the vulnerable and elderly have been sickened and killed by the COVID-19 pandemic, President Trump has abdicated his responsibility to keep them safe. For months, he has put the interests of shareholders and billionaires over the lives of the most vulnerable and said that we shouldn't wear masks or socially distance. The result is that over 150,000 Americans have been killed because of Trump's refusal to leave. Every day I see the cracks in our nation's foundational values growing wider. President Trump is doing everything in his power to divide us while our economy and healthcare systems collapse under the weight of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is a spiritual crisis and our faith and patriotism compel us to speak clearly and to act. President Trump also promotes racism. This evil cannot be ignored. Once again, I hear Pope Francis' words, we cannot tolerate or turn a blind eye to racism and exclusion in any form and yet claim to defend the sacredness of every human life. Dismantling racism in our country must be a foundational part of any pro-life agenda. President Trump's attitudes and policies are contradictory to this holy effort. In this time of crisis, we are called to speak clearly. Catholics and all people of goodwill cannot support another presidential term for Donald Trump. We have less than 100 days until the election to make sure that he is voted out of office and we need your help to do it. In the next few months, we have many ways that you can get involved. In September, we'll kick off our virtual Nuns on the Bus tour. Stay tuned for that. We'll also, we've also just published what we call our Equally Sacred Scorecard comparing President Trump and Vice President Biden's position on the issues that Pope Francis names as equally sacred to the defense of the unborn. Using quotes from Pope Francis's apostolic exhortation on holiness and the joy of the gospel, we look at the candidates' positions on health care, immigration, the economy, racism, discrimination, and more. 
I encourage you to read through it and discuss it with your friends and family. What you'll find on that handy scorecard itself is the actual ranking for the candidates. But you can find even more as backup on our website. If people say, oh, it's not true, or oh, my heavens, you got your facts wrong, what you will find on our website is a build-out of where this information comes from that you can rely on. It is truth. So, use it. Use this resource to expand the conversation. And thank you for your engagement during this election season. As Pope Francis says, a good Catholic meddles in politics. So I say to you, my friends, please, we need you. Go forth. Meddle. So what we have here, brothers and sisters, is just yet another rendition of Joseph Cardinal Bernardine's 1984 Seamless Garments or Consistency of Life Ethic. Back then, the Cardinal, who is best known for establishing a homosexual subculture in the Archdiocese of Chicago and for moving sexual pervert after sexual pervert priest around from parish to parish, started giving speeches about how abortion and nuclear war are all just pieces in the bigger issue. That... He was arguing that if we we're going to be consistent in our belief that all life is sacred, then we should not um, apply more weight to one issue over the other. That nuclear wars is just as bad as poverty, and poverty is just as bad as abortion. So there are just three quick points that I'm going to make about this argument from Simone, um, and leave it there. Leave it there at that. First, if you watch my video in which I critiqued Gloria Purvis of EWTN, if I, when I critiqued her rendition of Seamless Garment, You'll notice that Simone Campbell does not try to appeal to our base emotions like Gloria did. And that is interesting because Gloria was not trying to make a political point. I give her that. But she was trying to appeal to the emotion of the feeling of racism and all the feelings and emotions that it generates to prove that racism, racism is a reality. Now, just suppose Gloria's appeal to the emotion of emotional racism with Simone Campbell's appeal here to vagary, the vagary of Pope Francis. Theological vagary, by the way, is what the spirit of Vatican II is really all about. Because it is in that gray matter, that vagary, that new theologies and new liturgies and new moralities can be planted and given birth to. Also notice that Simone Campbell does not deny that President Donald Trump has been the strongest president this country has ever had on defending life in the womb. Now, she does not deny that. She just does not want us to focus on it. In this instance, Simone reminds me of a, of a cheap birthday party magician with a top hat and a cape who wants us to focus our eyes elsewhere and away from the slighted hand. What she's telling us to do here is not just focus on the abortion issue because that's not the only thing you need to be concerned about. There are other issues like racism and, and immigration. And, and according to Pope Francis, she says these other issues are, are just important and, and equally sacred. And she's correct. I give her that. Pope Francis did state that, um, in, in quoting, our defense of the innocent unborn, for example, needs to be clear, firm, and passionate, for at stake is the dignity of a human life, which is always sacred and demands love for each person, regardless of his or her stage of development. Equally sacred, however, are the lives of the poor, those already born, the destitute, the abandoned, and the underprivileged the vulnerable and firm, and the elderly exposed to covert euthanasia, the victims of human trafficking, new forms of slavery, and every form of rejection. Pay attention to something I'm about to tell you about people like this who use this statement from Pope Francis to advance their political agenda. 
And I say this as if consistency is something that matters to them because we, we know it doesn't. These people are about as consistent as a coin flip. Yet the same people who want us to read the Vatican II documents within the hermeneutic of continuity of church tradition does not want us to read Francis within that same hermeneutic. And I find that odd and quirky. I'm perfectly fine doing both. If I read Francis' statement here calling the lives of those who are experiencing euthanasia and human trafficking and modern slavery and poverty and so forth as being equally sacred as life in a womb, I accept that. I do. But here's the caveat within the hermeneutic of continuity. Because I do not see any denial by Pope Francis ever. A church teaching that defending life in, um, in the womb is our preeminent priority because that is where life begins. Of all the lies that Simone told about President Trump in this video, the one she told about Pope Francis should make us all pray for his soul. She told a flat out lie with a straight face when she said that Pope Francis prioritized other issues over abortion. He never said that. Simone is a lying faced, dog faced pony soldier and needs to repent for lying about the Pope. Not here anywhere do I see Francis calling poverty or immigration laws intrinsically evil, as the church teaches that abortion is intrinsically by its very nature evil. Within the hermeneutic continuity, I agree when Pope Francis has compared abortion to mafia-style killing, but he does not make that same comparison about racism or capital punishment. So if you, if you demand that I read Vatican II within the continuity of church tradition and dogma, which I'm perfectly fine with, then please excuse me while I read Pope Francis within that same non-contradictory tradition. Second, by attempting to sell us Bernadine's seamless garment for bargain basement prices, what Simone Campbell is actually trying to do is convince us that we should not be single issue voters. That when we go to the ballot booth, we should just take the defense of babies in a womb in there with us. Not just that, but but we should also carry in there a whole laundry list of things that most certainly do reflect the consequences of man's wounded nature and most certainly can be addressed by the healing, teaching, and charity mission of the church and all of which most certainly may contribute to people feeling um, or thinking that prenatal child lynching is a reasonable option but none of which so directly and so instantly lead to the immediate and unmitigated death of an innocent and defenseless, vulnerable human being. Of course, if you had to choose um, between helping two people, every person would help would choose a person who needs the most help, who's most vulnerable, who is in most danger. And that's what we do when we enter the ballot booth with a single issue of stopping abortions. It's not that we do not care about the immigrant or the person experiencing justice because of their race or gender, but we recognize the fact that those persons were born and that there are laws already in place to protect them from being killed. But the child in the womb has no such protections. And that is why the child in the womb is our preeminent priority as the church teaches. This was the predicament in 1860. Abraham Lincoln and Republicans were not promising to abolish slavery. Like many in the pro-life camp today want to abolish abortion. That was the dream of many abolitionists in 1860 that the institution of slavery would just all together end. But what Lincoln and um, the Republicans were promising now was good enough. That legalized slavery would not extend into the Western territories. In contrast, the Democrats back then at their convention in 1860 refused, refused to adopt the resolution that their party platform stopped the expansion of slavery. The Southern Democratic Party adopted a pro-slavery platform. The Constitutionalist Union Party 
have already avoided taking a position on slavery altogether. So knowing full well that electing Lincoln might lead to the South seceding from Union, knowing full well that Lincoln was not promising to abolish abortion altogether, and knowing full well that the other social justice issues at her time were important, a winning majority of Americans went to the battle booth in 1860 as single-issue anti-slavery voters. That was their only issue. Just in, in the losing minority went to the battle booth for also being single-issue voters on pro-slavery. And thank God the winning majority um, were single-issue voters. Because if not, the institution of slavery might have extended into the 1900s. Who knows how long greed and hate could have kept that demonic practice alive. So how interesting today how these Democrats do not want us to be single-issue voters. How interesting is it that they do that they defend legal abortion today with the same arguments, using the same arguments as they defended slavery, saying things like my slave, my choice. The government cannot take my right away to my right way to own a slave. The Negro slave is not a real person, they argue. Same arguments from the same party, and yes, as it was then is today, a cadre of people who call themselves Catholics, priests, nuns, and laity alike refuse to push against conventional wisdom, fail miserably to notice society's most vulnerable and most voiceless, and those whose lives lacked legal protection. Lastly, allow me to say this, which I think is the strongest argument against the seamless garment. Consider this. It is a teaching of the Catholic Church, according to the fifth command, you should not kill, that we must not only avoid intentional killing, the killing of another human person or human being, but that we must also defend the lives of other humans, other sacred lives, from being intentionally killed. We obey the command you should not kill, not only by not taking the life of the other, but also by giving a legitimate defense of other persons and entire societies if necessary to stop unjust aggressors. That is our duty and our command. We are not only prohibited from intentional killing, but for those who are responsible for the lives of others, it is our right and duty, and grave duty that is, to stop unjust aggressors from doing harm. It is our duty and our obligation to give defense of the common good by doing all that we can to stop and repel unjust aggressors from causing any harm. That is what paragraphs um, 2263 to 2267 in the Catechism state. It is our duty to give legitimate defense to preserve our own life, which is self-defense, and to give defense to those whose lives we are responsible for. Therefore, if it is illegal for me to go and stop, physically stop an abortionist, an unjust aggressor, from killing a child who I feel responsible for, then all that I'm left with is using my vote in the ballot booth to legally stop the unjust aggressor. The fifth commandment, the common good, and my duty as a Christian obliges me to use my vote in that way. And those who do not do all that they can to stop the unjust aggressor, the abortionist, your silence and inaction makes you complicit and guilty of violating the fifth commandment. Do not allow your vote to become the reason why you need to go to confession. But until then, and until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours. Fool me, we can't get fooled again.